Welcome to episode 21 of Crime Time for Friday, June 22nd on FayObserver.com, featuring Fayetteville Observer Police and Crime Reporter Nancy McCleary. I'm Sonny Jones. On the podcast, we'll look at issues involving crime, courts, and public safety, highlighting stories in the news. And a reminder, anyone we discuss who has been charged with a crime is presumed innocent until found guilty in a court of law. Let's get started. Nancy, this was some story just a few years ago. It was a cocaine ring that Assistant U.S. Attorney Lawrence Cameron said operated, quote, like a Walmart, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It was run out of a trailer off Interstate 95 in the Cumberland County community of Godwin. On Wednesday, June 20th, the leaders of the operation, brothers Antoine Dwayne Miles from Dunn and Lamont Webb from Godwin, were sentenced to life in prison for running the operation. It was a setup that may have lasted as long as 14 years, says Cumberland County Sheriff Ennis Wright. It is no more. This was quite the case, Nancy, when it broke back in 2015. She's here to give us some background, refresh our memory about this case. Sonny, this was a multi-million dollar cocaine and crack cocaine dealership. Godwin Mayor Willie Burnett told our reporter Paul Wolverton that the flow of cars was in and out all night long. The operation came to a halt in June 2015 in a raid conducted by local and federal law enforcement in a in a um, it was dubbed Operation Spiderweb. Nineteen people were arrested and eighteen were convicted. That includes the brother's father, Harry Miles Sr. of Don, who was sentenced to five years and four months after being convicted in January on money laundering charges. Well, true family business, eh? It's true. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult to believe that it operated for what they believe is 14 years from reading about the case. It, I mean, it didn't seem like it was really like a, a big secret around town that, uh, that what was going on. Well, you know, at one point, I believe that um, the law enforcement was on to them, and they moved their operation from the trailer over to yeah. a, a Winnebago, an RV or something, so... Um, but this, this, uh, it, it, apparently it was not a big secret. Um, residents there had complained for years about the drug dealing, but it goes back to something you read, you read in our opening each week. People are innocent until found guilty in a court of law. And building a case against a well-organized operation such as this can take quite some time. It can also take quite some time for something that's not that big. But records from the cumberland county sheriff's office say search warrants in this case were executed 19 times from december 2010 through june 2015 the sheriff's office also pursued nuisance abatement actions against the dealers five times since 2011 so law enforcement much like residents knew or had a pretty good idea of what was going on Proving it beyond a reasonable doubt in court is different. Yes, it, it certainly is. We, we see this happen all the time. Among the things I found interesting in Paul Wolverton's story is that Godwin Mayor Willie Burnett, who you mentioned earlier, he knew both men had worked on their cars, said both Miles and Webb seemed to be nice and polite. And the mayor even admitted that both were smart businessmen, which which in this case, a lot of these guys are really smart mm-hmm. 
exactly. people as far as ways to make money if they if they could turn it into a a legal business i mean mm-hmm. they would probably do equally as well but instead antoine Dwayne miles and lamont webb chose another route and today are locked away for life well, let's talk a little bit about a story that uh, we found out about on Friday, June 22nd. Two people sought in an assault and robbery at a Fayetteville motel in May have been arrested in California and charged with attempted first-degree murder. Glenn Maynard of uh, Rayford and Trishel Burton of Fresno, California are each also charged with attempted first-degree kidnapping, conspiracy, robbery with a dangerous weapon, larceny of a motor vehicle, financial card theft and financial card fraud according to the Fayetteville police tell us a little bit about this case well this um this stems from an incident that occurred on may 30th at the econo lodge motel at 1952 cedar creek road the victim told police that he he stopped in a breezeway there to chat with the woman that he had just met and while he was in this conversation Someone hit him in the back of his head with some kind of an object and then assaulted him. Um, It was a a man uh, who assaulted him, and then he and the woman took, um, took the victim's phone, his laptop computer, his wallet, and his 2010 um, Dodge Grand Caravan um, and didn't see him. So there you go. And, and they were arrested, as, as we mentioned, in Bakersfield, they, California. Right, and the, the arrest came after police in Bakersfield responded to a report of an attempted kidnapping, um, according to the Bakersfield, California newspaper's online site. Um, this woman reported that two men and a woman, and a woman, I'm sorry, approached her in a parking lot while she was walking to her vehicle. One of the men began assaulting the woman and tried to force her into a Toyota Camry. The kidnapping attempt was thwarted by several bystanders who saw what was happening and came to the victim's assistance. Well, police later found the vehicle and conducted a traffic stop, and the three people inside happened to match the description of this woman's assailants, according to the newspaper. Um, They are also charged um, Burton and Maynard are charged also out in California with suspicion of attempted kidnapping, attempted robbery, conspiracy, and possessing a stolen vehicle. Interestingly, a third person um, named Taekwon Jones, who's 22, is charged with the same offenses in that case in California. Now, Fayetteville police say there is a third suspect involved at the Econo Lodge incident, but they have not identified or said if any warrants have been issued for him. Good report on that story. Let's move on to another. This one's really interesting. Here's a story you don't read or hear about every day. A former jailer in the Cumberland County Detention Center is accused of giving an inmate tips over the phone on how to fight with other prisoners, according to an, a warrant, uh, an arrest warrant in the Cumberland County Magistrate's Office. Uh, say what? Well, DeMorian Dionbull Johnson was charged Wednesday, June 20th, with conveying messages or trading with convicts or other prisoners. That is a felony offense. What happened was that on May 29th, Johnson was heard on a recorded phone call from the detention center talking with an inmate, according to arrest documents. 
Johnson is heard explaining to the inmate, quote, that he did not need to fight the guys he was having trouble with, but needed to wait until lunchtime, pop his cell door, and then beat the other inmate with his tray, according to arrest documents. Johnson apparently made other calls in which he told the same inmate to, quote, make sure he fights in the shower. Okay, I'm sure I'm going to regret asking this. Um, why would the why would the shower be the place to fight? Well, actually, um, as a former jailer, um, he had um, he had quit um, a month or so before right. this occurred. But as a former jailer, according to the arrest documents, Johnson knew where the video cameras are in the detention center, and the shower is one of the places where. There is no camera, obviously. Um, Good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And like I said, it's important to note that Johnson was not a jailer at the time of the alleged phone calls in late May. According to Sheriff's Office spokesman Lieutenant Sean Swain, Johnson left his job on April 26th. Now, Johnson admitted to investigators that, that he, he gave the inmate the information. I mean, he, he certainly uh, didn't deny it. Why did he do it? Well, he said he was just trying to help the inmate out because apparently he's a, a, a close friend because um, Mr. Johnson said that he considered this inmate family. Well, an interesting story, uh, indeed. It, it's 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 interesting that Johnson, uh, of course, he was no longer employed as a jailer, but was still charged with the crime. Was he charged because he was a former jailer and could have inside information? Uh, although I guess most of us would figure there'd be no camera in the shower. But but what what if what if I went down to the jail and was talking to an inmate and and recommended, hey, the best place to fight is probably the shower because I doubt there's a camera. I mean, is that that, is that illegal? Well, I would say... I guess I could find out. I guess I you could, but I guess... Well, yes, it would be if you were employed there, and apparently... But even as a, a former, former employee. employee well, you have always, you have information right. that is um, not um, known to the public, and it's security um, information, right. and if you're passing that on to somebody who's in there in an effort to help them commit a criminal act... I should think so. Okay, yeah. And now everybody knows there's no camera in the shower. (laughs) Well, last week, Nancy, we we talked about uh, a Florida man being arrested and charged with stealing more than $67,000 in rental payments from drop slots in offices of more than a dozen fable apartment complexes. Jorge Perez Montalvo was his name. But, Nancy, there's a little bit more to the story this week. Yes, there is. Warrants have been issued for Duanis Rodriguez Rodriguez of Miami on the same charges, and police are looking for him. Um, he is wanted on 128 counts of larceny of chosen action, 17 counts of breaking and entering, and one count each of obtaining property by false pretense and conspiracy, according to Fayetteville Police. I know we did this last week, but please explain larceny of chose in action other than it's worded awkwardly. What was the legislature thinking when it came up with that wording? I cannot answer that for anything. <laughs> but you um, can't answer what it is. It is. What it is, a larceny of chosen action is a theft of a financial document. It could be a check. It could be a money order, um, a Western Union a telegram. Um, and I'm told also it could, in fact, be 
a, a deed to property because it has value. Um, now, I remember uh, that Perez Montavo's bail was set at nearly $1.5 million. What about if someone sees Rodriguez? Rodriguez? Well, anyone who has information about his location should call Detective Z. Pittman at 580-2282 or Crime Stoppers at 483-TIPS. That's 483-8477. I would like to just take a moment right here to say that twice this week, um, Fayetteville police have made arrests in cases based off of tips from that came in through crime stoppers so it does work yes it does i saw that there's nothing like uh, the police getting a couple of good tips well from the plot from the uh, crime blotter a handcuffed man who escaped from a Fayetteville police officer on the morning of tuesday june 19th was back in custody by tuesday afternoon matavius ahmad tyson was found along murkison road and tried unsuccessfully to flee again a police release said Now, Tyson had escaped about 3 a.m. outside the Cumberland County Detention Center at Russell and Gillespie Streets, where he was to uh, be booked for having an open container of alcohol and a stolen firearm, according to reports. Despite the handcuffs, Tyson scaled a security fence out the facility and bolted. Now, I don't know if he still had the handcuffs on when he was arrested along Murkison Road. Well, the last time I last thing I saw, it said the handcuffs had not been recovered. And what else is interesting is that he was handcuffed in the back, as is standard procedure. Wow, but yeah. while he oh, was wow. while he was in the that. patrol car, he apparently slid. He's very flexible, obviously, but he slid his hands back down the back side of his legs and moved it around to the front. And then when he opened the door, uh, apparently he pushed the officer and jumped over that security fence oh man don't try that move at home (laughs) (laughs) no No, and don't try it it. well don't get arrested to start with exactly but but don't do it (laughs) oh man how did i would i don't i mean i'm glad they caught him and i'm glad everything's uh worked out but i would like to uh is there a video of him i would love to see that i mean that takes that's harry houdini stuff yeah exactly youngsters out there he's a magician a long time ago Maybe All right, what else do we have? Do- David Copperfield. D- David Copperfield. That, that would be better, yes. I'm showing my age. Um, <laughs> what about uh, what else we have on the crime blotter? Well, we have um, Deontay Terrell Robinson of Sanford was sentenced to prison while Tian Shamal Lashane Douglas, also of Sanford, pleaded guilty to weapons charges in unrelated cases that were heard in federal court. According to a release from the Office of the U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of North Carolina, Robertson will serve. Robinson will serve two and a half years in prison after pleading guilty in March to being a felon in possession of ammunition. The release said. Now, Robertson was convicted in April 2017 in Lee County Superior Court to accessory after the fact involving a robbery and was sentenced to between 16 and 29 months in prison, according to federal court documents. Douglas pleaded guilty to possession of firearm by felon and possession of a firearm with an altered or obliterated serial number. I love that word, obliterated. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, in June 2017... 
Sanford police stopped Douglas's vehicle for speeding and smelled the odor of marijuana in the car. Officers searched the car and found two handguns. So that is um, what ended up resulting in the federal charges because he was evidently on probation um, and was not to have firearms. Um, and apparently in federal court, you uh, you don't need to be having ammunition if you're yeah, that, that's a convicted felon. Yes. Um, Douglas, if... Well, Douglas could be sentenced up to 15 years in prison in order to pay a maximum fine of up to $250,000. He is scheduled to be sentenced September 18th in Winston-Salem. It brings up a couple of thoughts there, uh, Nancy. Um, You know why it takes so long? We we, we talk about this a little bit every week. the, The time between someone is convicted and that we read on here they're actually sentenced like in in robertson's case he was convicted in april 2017 and yet sentenced this week june 2018 uh uh, you know what's the deal there well you have to you have to realize that um he was convicted in april 2017 in lee county superior court now that's the state that's the state of north carolina bringing those charges and he um he was apparently you know given a sentence and either paroled or on probation after he got out so he is on probation and these other offenses occurred and what's happening now we've talked about this quite a bit but this take back north carolina initiative that the u.s attorney in the eastern district and apparently in the middle district as well (laughs) and probably Um, the western district as well probably but um you know this this initiative um they have launched an effort to crack down on the opium and uh, on firearms and federal law says um and they enforce federal law very well but obviously if you're a felon you're not to possess a firearm and obviously not possess ammunition and actually once a person is indicted in federal court it it tends to move along much much quicker than yes. the state courts do because it lingers there forever well you know I, I don't know if this is true i read this somewhere so you know and i probably read it on the internet so it must be true of course but uh that it, federal court in federal court the conviction rate is something like in the 90s percent like 95 percent of the cases that come before the federal court result in convictions or some some high number where you know the lower court's not true so if your case ever gets to federal court if that's it, not good if your case gets to federal court you would be well advised to listen to whatever your lawyer says because the federal federal um, agents and prosecutors and judges do not play yeah. they do not play remember that uh, why well why should i remember that remember that especially if you're a convicted felon That's who right. has a gun I, I read that just a couple of weeks ago and and doing this this podcast each week I, i've become a believer in 90 90s somewhere in the 90 percentile that uh, it, it, once it went to trial there or, or the case made it to federal court that it was almost a a, a certainty there mm-hmm. was exactly. going to be a conviction now yeah I'm, you can't win them all but but they they do and, very well well another thing well what seems to be a long time at the federal court 
actually they have that's one part of this take back north carolina initiative was putting some of these cases into the federal court system because they can be processed and heard much um much faster than they can at the state courts the backlog at state courts like in cumberland county is horrible it's horrible and that's part of the um, initiative here is hiring these additional prosecutors at the federal level and this is what is every week now we're hearing about something well that's it for episode 21 of crime time for friday june 27th we welcome your comments and suggestions for crime time we would love to hear from you how can they do that well you can reach me nancy mccleary by email at n mccleary that's m c c two c's in mccleary at fayobserver.com or on twitter at fo underscore mccleary and you can reach me sonny jones by email at s jones at fayobserver.com or on twitter at fo sonny jones again thank you nancy and thank you so much for listening hope you'll tune in next time for the next edition of crime time